tonight. Uh, but without any further ado, can we please stand for a moment as we welcome first from your Los Angeles Chargers, number 11 in our hearts, Jeremy Davis. Coming in at six foot six from the Las Vegas Raiders, number 16 in our hearts, Tyrell Williams. Thank you all. You may be seated. So before we get started, I'm just going just gonna to lead us in prayer really quick and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you, God, for... This platform, God, we just thank you for the lives of these two men, God, that they're going to come out here and they're going to share your heart, God. We just ask, Holy Spirit, that, that you take over, that you take the will, God, and, and just speak through them, help them, God, through this. And, Lord, please help me carry this interview really well. And we just love you, and we just thank you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, well, I'm really excited, guys, to be able to interview you, you know. Um, as a youth, you could see my uh, Al Bundy uh, letterman jacket here. Um, I had once aspirations of being a professional football player myself. Can we hit him with the picture really quick? There I am right there. There it is in all its glory. So the first and last time you'll ever see this, but I was once a uh, football player myself. So for me, this is an, an immense honor to be able to interview you and for, to be able to carry this and hold this uh, interview, but let's jump right into it. So I'm just going to hit you with quick fire. You guys can, can pick and choose however you'd like, or I'll call on you directly. So I'll go ahead and start with Tyrell since you're close to me. Give us a little background about where you're from. Uh, I'm from Salem, Oregon. Uh, grew up out there, ended up going to Western Oregon. So I was pretty much spent my whole life in Oregon and uh, didn't move to California until I got to the NFL. Great. So when did you start playing football? Uh, I started in second grade, played flag football, uh, second, third, fourth, and then got into tackle from fifth on, and never looked back. So what does football mean to you? Shoot. Uh, football really means everything. Uh, I mean, it's, it's brought me a lot of relationships with a lot of people, um, something I love doing. I love being – I just love practicing. I love doing the off-season work. I love everything about it. So, I mean – yeah, I feel like it brings my family closer. I feel like it just does a lot of things for my life, and, and it's kind of made me who I am. And, I mean, I, football means everything to me. Now you, Jeremy, give us a background of where you're from. Yeah, so I was originally born in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, then we moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I was seven. And I grew up there, and then I went to the University of Connecticut. That's where I played my ball up. So when did you start playing football? So I got straight into a seventh grade contact football. Uh, was no flag football for me. Uh, so I've been taking a lot of hits for a while. But uh, just to reiterate, reiterate what he said, going back to it, like in terms of what the next question you're about to ask, uh, football means everything to me as well. Um, growing up, you know, the reason I fell in love with it was because of Randy Moss and just seeing him uh, uh, make incredible plays on the football field. And that's what made me pick between I want to play defense or offense as well. And I just found this passion, this love for it, just to always just go out there and um, use the talents that I believe the Lord has given me. Um, probably at that time at 87, you don't really know that you have that much talent, but as you continue to play, you start to understand and gaps like, whoa, I, I really can play this game. And you start to understand that more and more as you go into each level, uh, from middle school to high school, college, and so on. That's great. Let me just give you a few quick just Quick hits on statistics. Jeremy went to the University of UConn. He had 165 receptions at UConn. That's an FBS record. He caught a, a pass in every single game he played. And I believe I read that he started every game while he was there. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. That's huge. That's huge. He was drafted in the sixth round. I mean, to be drafted in, in the NFL out of Thousands and thousands of players is um, it, it's it's a big honor. It's a big honor. You can t you can talk to anybody who's drafted, and it's huge. Drafted in the sixth round by the New York Football Giants, and then got signed to the Los Angeles Chargers in 2016. And uh, 
Tyrell, like he said, he went to Western Oregon. He actually went undrafted. How was that? Uh, it was tough. You know, it was kind of my dream always. You know, I always watched the draft growing up, so I just wanted to see my name, you know, come across there. Um, but, I mean, I kind of knew I wasn't going to get drafted. I was from a small school and had a few injuries when I was coming out. So um, I kind of prepared myself for that to go undrafted. But, I mean, it's still something that I really wanted to see, really wanted to be a part of just being in that draft. So but I think it kind of fueled me, you know, seeing guys like, like G go ahead of me and stuff. Like I always kind of, you know, something that I always wanted to go out there and prove that I was as good as those guys that were playing in D1. And, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it hurt, but I think it helped me a lot in my career. Did you guys come out of college the same year? Yeah. Cool. So a few stats on Tyrell. He played for the Chargers from 2015 to 2018 was his last season there. Um, in 2016, he had 69 receptions for 1,059 yards and seven touchdowns. That is boss numbers there. In 2019, he caught 42 receptions for 651 yards, six touchdowns with the Oakland Raiders soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Tyrell, can you give us a, a brief history of your faith journey? Um, I kind of always grew up in the church. You know, uh, my grandparents, big believers, as well as my parents. Um, and we always just kind of went to the church that my grandparents went to. So I was always, I've always had, I've always been a believer, you know, and I've always been around it. It's always been in my family. And um, it's obviously grown and got stronger as I've gotten older. And people I've met and the relationships I've been able to gain. So, um, it's always started, but I mean, I think it's it's kind of just been, you know, I don't think I really understood what having faith was until I got kind of a little bit older, but it's always kind of been something that was a foundation for our family. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, around the same thing. Uh, I grew up uh, in the faith. Uh, my grandmother was uh, very tough on me in terms of my faith. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I swear they're laughing. Uh, and obviously my mother, so it was always kind of instilled um, in, into me. But uh, kind of like what he said, um, and I think I've spoken about this before, like growing up in a faith, I've seen it more as religion as opposed to relationship. Um, but as I got older, I started to understand the true differences, uh, differences between the two. That's great. You know, <clears throat> hearing both of your stories, how you were um, raised in church by your family, you know, me being a pastor and having two kids of my own, I feel like at times that we drag them into church, you know, and sometimes it's just assumed like, hey, these are pastor's kids or they grew up in the church. But let me ask you this. We'll start with you this time, Jeremy. At what point in your life did your faith really become genuine? Meaning like, you know, we were dragged to church or we were, I don't want to say that as, as it, it's something bad, but you were brought to church by your parents. But there's always a second point in your life or a second point in your faith where it really becomes genuine and you take that on for yourself. So what, what was that for you? Yeah, so like I mentioned a little bit earlier, that for me, it was around my redshirt sophomore year of college. Uh, I met with this guy named John Van Patella, who's in charge of Athletes in Action, which is a sports ministry. And uh, he started to talk with me one-on-one. And as I started to meet with him on a consistent basis, that's when I started to understand the difference between like uh, religion versus relationship. Um, um, having an actual relationship with Christ is what's most important. Um, religion is pretty much telling you to follow a set of rules to obtain salvation. Yeah. You know, uh, instead of understanding the true aspect of what grace is and having a relationship with Christ. And as I continued to meet with him, um, I rededicated my life to Christ. And then I started to go on this journey where it's obviously not easy. You know, it has its ups and downs, but that's what a relationship is. And now that um, it's now abiding in my heart, I try to spread that message to, uh, to everyone else as well. So what, what age were you at when you rededicated your life? Yeah, so I was a redshirt sophomore, so probably around, like, age 20. Age 20? Cool. How about you? Uh, for me, it happened uh, probably my rookie year uh, in the NFL. Um, I uh, was trying to find a church to go to when I was in San Diego, and I ended up uh, going into a church called The Rock down there. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so I started going there a lot, and then I was able – where I worked out in the off season, Miles also McPherson, the pastor there, worked out at, and I was able to meet him. And he was like one of the first pastors that I like really connected with and like really understood his message. Like it really like I felt like he was saying it to me every time. And uh, getting to meet him, and then ended up getting in a Bible study with him, and uh, just like being around him and, and seeing how he kind of handled his life. And he was uh, also in the NFL, and he was yeah. coming up, and so it was just like it was just a good connection and. Um, 
kind of the same thing. You know, he he helped me just really realize that it's, it's all about the relationship, you know, with with God and and just being able to use that and not always following these rules because it is going to be ups and downs. It is going to be uh, a lot of challenges through it. And that's why it kind of like really hit me that, you know, you don't have to be perfect to, you know, have a relationship with God. And that was kind of a thing that was I felt was always in the back of my mind is like, you know, I always beat myself up if I, you know, sinned or, or did anything that I felt was, was bad. And so, like, getting to that realization kind of really helped me to, you know, really build that relationship and really, you know, uh, start, uh, I guess, just being more connected and just really wanting to be connected and feeling a big change in my life. And so uh, it was probably, that was my rookie year, so I would say I was 22 or 23 around there. That's great. Um I heard an interview recently with a, another NFL athlete, and he said, you know, that in the NFL, when you're a professional athlete, a lot of people think it's glamour and, and riches and this, but he said it's a lot of immense loneliness. You know, a lot of the times you're away from your family. Um, if, you, if you play for a team that's in a different state, you're by yourself. Um, he talked about living in a one-bedroom apartment by himself, so there's a lot of lonely nights. And being able to have that space away from his family, he had nothing to turn to, but but Christ. So he, he, he found Christ after five years of being in the NFL and, you know, it really turned his life around. So it's great to hear that. And it's great to hear that. And that's when he said his faith really became genuine was, was that second time he had heard and he had, he had gone to church as a, as a youth, but he never really understood the power of Christ and what it actually meant to have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus. So those are, that, those are great answers. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Can you give us a snapshot of what it's like being a professional athlete, whoever wants to go first. Um, I'm sure he'll speak on it as well, obviously. But um, just living your dream, you know, it's so surreal sometimes. You never want to take it for granted. Um, like, I'm so grateful. The average playing career in the NFL is two and a half years, three, and we're both going into year six. And it's so amazing going back to when I said I was seven years old watching Randy Moss catch passes. And now I'm not doing what Randy Moss does. I wish I was, but um, that I'm playing in the same league that he played in. And I played with so many guys, middle school, high school, college, who aren't doing this that wanted to obtain this goal. So um, I never want to abuse it. But like you said, it has its benefits, and then it has its uh, downfalls as well. Um, like I said, sometimes you got, you got lonely nights. You know, I'm by myself out here. Um, you know, sometimes... Uh, when you don't connect with too many people on the team, on your team, like it could be lonely. Um, but I am thankful for obviously this church. You know, I've grown in so many relationships here. So um, I would say that's a benefit coming out to California and being able to come to Newport Church. Um, again, meeting Tyrell, uh, that, that was huge as well. Um, you know, not coming out here knowing I was going to gain a brother. Uh, I always say we go by uh, Hebrews 13.1 that says, let the brotherly love continue uh, no matter what, because a lot of times you have teammates or players who go for one team and then they're gone, you never hear from them again. Yeah. Um, obviously, me and him not on the same team anymore, but like we're still tight no matter what. Um, so that's one benefit, you, the relationships you gain. Um, and like going back to it again, I'm just living my dream and I don't ever want to take that for granted. It's just awesome. Uh, yeah, I say the same thing. You know, I mean, it's uh, my family always tell you, I always said when I was little that I was either going to be president or playing the NFL. And so. <laughs> Uh, didn't take school serious enough to, to be a president. So, uh, but I, I, like you said, you know, I always grew up watching Randy Moss, watching Michael Vick. Like those are my, my big guys. That I just love to try and emulate and playing Madden growing up and everything. And then, you know, finally getting to get in, into the league and live your dream. Like it really is unbelievable. And like I said earlier, and he touched on just the relationships that it's bringing you. Like, like you said, I never expected to, you know, meet someone that, you know, I was going to have such a big impact on my life, you know, and, and meeting G. So, um, I mean, he's helped me in my faith since we met each other in uh, 2016. Like, my faith just took off from there. And, I mean, it's the relationships is probably the most important thing that has brought me. You know, I think it helps my family stay closer. You know, I'm able to see my family as much as possible. Um, and then just the, the friends that I've gained uh, in the sport, like, it's it really is unbelievable. And... I don't think my faith would have taken off like it did had I not, you know, gotten to the league, like meeting Miles and meeting G and, and just a lot of other people that, uh, you know, you find out that are believers. And, you know, it's really just 
helped my life in unbelievable ways. That's great. And they both, if you, if you caught something, they both mentioned relationships. And, you know, part of our mission as a church is to connect people to Christ, to the God-given purpose, but to life-giving relationships. And what I'm hearing here is that through this um, profession of sports that you guys have been able to gain, uh, life-giving relationships, that, and that's huge. And um, give us this. Let me ask you this. Give us a, kind of just a pair, like a quick snapshot of what it's like, um, like a week, a, a week in the life of an NFL player, like, for a game on Sunday, how does how does that work? Uh, so usually, so if you play Sunday, we come in Monday. I mean, hopefully you get a win and they give you a victory Monday. You don't have to come in. But uh, first first eight weeks of the season, you usually come in on Monday. You watch the film. You come in and lift first, lift and run, watch the film from the game on Sunday. Uh, usually get out pretty early. And then you have Tuesdays. Tuesdays usually is the, the league-wide day off and everybody's just off. Some guys come in, lift, run, whatever they want to do. Uh, come in on Wednesday. Wednesday's a long day. Uh, you know, you come in, you're just sitting in meetings really all day, uh, watching the film of the upcoming game, uh, going over the plays that they want to put in that week, go to practice, come back, watch the film from practice, get a lift, and then get out. Same thing Thursday, another long day. Uh, Friday's probably the best day because you come in, you're only there for like three hours probably, come in have a, a quick meeting, go to practice, and you get to go home. So that's the best, unless you travel. The West Coast teams, we just have to, if we go to the East Coast, we'll leave on a Friday right after practice, which can be rough. Um, and then Saturday's just meetings again, walk through, usually have the whole afternoon, evening off, come back for meetings that night, uh, have curfew, get up, go play on Sunday. That's cool. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I'm over here like... <laughs> Speaking my language here. Come on, somebody. Let me ask you this. Um, Hearing that schedule, I know I, I've followed Jeremy, and I, I've got to follow um, Chaplain Greg. When do you guys have chapels or prayers or Bible studies throughout the week? Give us a little insight on that. Uh, so for us, um, our chaplain, he will hold uh, Bible study Mondays. Um, only thing with that was kind of weird. Like you said, if you get a victory Monday, a lot of people aren't coming in. So that was kind of shaky. Um, I, I held one on Fridays, um, just players. Uh, we did that. And then uh, there was always one the night before a game as well, uh, ran by the chaplain too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the same. Same for us. Uh, and then, like, like you said, he had did his own on Friday that he was holding. So we tried to do it and get it going, like just on a, a FaceTime call and try to do that throughout the season just because we wanted to keep that same community going, between us at least, and then – uh, also one of our friends, Max, as well, jumped on with us. I love that. Amen. Life-giving relationships. That's awesome. I'm going to frame this next question. Um, I was once told by one of my mentors, the five people that you're closest to are who you're going to become. So I want to ask you this. Um, sometimes when you're in toxic environments, it kind of rubs off on you, you know. Um, how does the environment that you're in as a pro athlete impact your faith? And what I mean by that is sometimes, you know, we see some, we hear all this stuff in the media about athletes and how they're doing different things, and there's uh, a lot of bad that comes out of it. So maybe sometimes being in an environment where, you know, there is guys have a lot of money and there is a lot of endless things that you can do. How has um, the environment impact, impacted you, and how's your faith helped you kind of steer clear of that? Uh, for me, especially this last season was, was a tough one for me. I was dealing with injuries and, and just kind of getting down on myself. And, um, I mean, I think it's community. You know, you're trying to find those guys on the team or, or relationships that you have built outside of the team to kind of help you, you know, stay strong in that faith. And for me this year, it was tough. Early, early in the year, I kind of did waver, not in my faith, but just waver in and how obedient I was being, and it was kind of it was tough on me. And uh, going back, I talked to to Pastor Miles, and uh, he would check in on me weekly, and and I kind of wasn't being honest with him about how I was really feeling and stuff, trying to just push it off. But uh, there was just a week where I just finally was just honest with him, and uh, he was kind of able just to help me like reset my mind, reset my focus, and really just be able to you know get my mind back on it. And and it really just you could just I could feel for myself just a whole change in my body language, probably just how I came across to people. And that was kind of a big thing going to a new team. I wanted to kind of be a guy that people saw as like a light in the locker room. And when they see him, they know he's a believer. And 
<clears throat> so that was that was a struggle for me because that was something I really focused on, but I don't think I was showing it. But I knew that if I just I could flip that switch really really quick if I just really focused back on on being obedient. And then uh, uh, our Bible study too is I I wasn't my community wasn't great on the team and I wasn't really reaching out to people to to gain that. And so I tried to really focus on doing that and getting back into our Bible study. And I really just felt it, you know, take off from there and, and, and felt way better uh, just about myself, about my, my relationships, about my situation and everything. And it really, you know, just having that community was, was the most important thing. Jeremy? Yeah, I think that's the, the challenge that I put upon myself as well. Um, wanting to be a light. Um, he speaks about that in Matthew 5, 13, 16, about being light and salt of the earth. And... I took it, like I said, I took it upon myself to say, you know, I'm going to be a, a vocal and a boastful leader of who Christ is amongst the locker room. Um, kind of wish that we had that more. But like I said, uh, in terms with other players, cause I know there's a lot of guys that they confess their faith, but it's just their faith, you know. Um, I think as a community, we need to be growing that and helping each other out. So for me, it was, it was kind of tough in ways because, you know, the guy who used to help me boast in my faith was Tyrell. He, he's not physically there as much. And a lot of times, like, guys will be like, Jeremy, can you pray for me? Jeremy, can you do this for me? But me also being human, too, I want that in return. I feel like so many people are asking me to do stuff. Like, I need, I need prayer just as much. But the thing that, like I said, that helped us so, me out so much is the, the three-way FaceTime calls me, him, and uh, our buddy Max Place for the Cardinals were doing. And um, it just helped me out so much because I felt like sometimes I was just letting the pressure of, like my flesh try to take over instead of the spirit take over in the locker room. And I was struggling with that. And then amongst injuries, I was putting pressure on myself because it's like, man, I still got to be this light and I'm hurt and I'm so down. And I'm, I don't know, maybe it's like week five, week six, we, me, him, and Max started reading uh, through Timothy. And we just all started like pouring out how we were just truly feeling. And we got so consistent with it. It just it carried on to like the end of the season. And although like in terms of health and um, obviously our record didn't show, um, a lot of, uh, I guess, good in it. Our spirits grew so much in that community. Um, and I always talk about, when I tell people about community, Hebrews 10, 25, it speaks on not neglecting to meet with one another. And I like that if I didn't say it, one of them would be like, hey, are we going to read this week? Or so on. We just kept carrying off each other. And I felt my spirit for sure grow in the midst of all the bad that happened this year. That's great. And James one twenty two it says, but don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says, otherwise you are fooling yourself. It sounds like that's what they did. They came in to be the example of the Word of God. That's, that's fantastic. I love that. Let me ask you this. What has God revealed to you about the significance of you being a professional football player? Say it again. What has God or what is God revealing to you about the significance of you being a professional football player? Uh. I think it's just the, the platform that we have, um, which I don't think I, I, I use my platform enough, and it's kind of been something because I'm kind of a, a quiet guy. I don't try to be in the limelight as much. So, um, But I just want it to be like, like I said earlier, they, they just know that I'm a believer when they see me and by the way I act and, and stuff. And it is, it's hard because, I mean, we're all human, so we all make mistakes. We all, you know, there's things we want to do that we probably shouldn't do, you know, and so it, it makes it tough in that way, but I always just want to be that guy that just, you know, I, I always look up to G in the way that he is because everybody comes to him and asking him for prayer, and, every, and he's, that, he's that leader, and I think that um, he doesn't realize, really realize how much of a leader he is and how people really do see him as such a strong believer and, and find confidence in him when it comes to that, especially on the team, and so that's kind of something that I've always wanted to be, and something I'm still working on trying to be, but I think that's something that God is definitely revealing to me just to use my platform more and, and be someone that people can lean on more. That's great. Yeah. I've, in, in terms of platform, I feel like I'm the opposite. I abuse my platform. I try to profess Christ as much as I can to the fact that it might seem annoying, but, like, <laughs> I just want people organically to understand, like, how much of a loving God that he really is. Like, again, I'm not saying, like, Oh, Jeremy's a super religious guy. Like, no, like, I want you guys to understand the love of who Christ is. And I don't only boast in myself when I'm doing something, but I see other players around the league. 
um, doing the same thing. So I would retweet it or try to hype them up to like, man, look who they're talking about. They look, they're talking about this guy, Jesus, and how dope he is. And, uh, and I'm trying to obviously break it down like modern day terms, how cool Jesus is, just for our generation can understand, you know? So it's not seem as like boring, but like this guy is so cool. Like, like imagine if you just, like if I just sat here and took a bullet for Tyrell, he'd have so much more appreciation for me. And we gotta think the same way. Christ died for us on the cross and gave us a way to eternity through, um, through his son, Jesus Christ. So, you know, I try to, like I said, I try to abuse that so much on my platform. Cause like I said, we're only in the NFL for so long. And this is probably the most following we're going to have while we're here. So I, I do my best to just keep professing who Christ is. I don't want y'all to follow who I am because I'm going to let you down. But this guy, Christ, is always going to be there to pick you up. He's omnipresent. He's always around. So Come on. Come on. Yes. Clap, please. Bring it. Let's go. Getting fired up up here. I don't know about you guys down there. I got one for you. I think it may have been answered, but I'm going to give it direct. Um, we know that you and Jeremy played together on the Chargers for um, three years, correct? For three seasons together. And uh, just tell me about the experience from going from the Chargers to the Raiders and how it differ was different from your experience with the Chargers, um, not only for you, but also in terms of faith. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a quiet guy, so... I don't really reach out to people as much, you know, so I was pretty comfortable with the Chargers. I made a lot of friends. I was cool with everybody, having my best friends on the team. So uh, it was awesome. And then, you know, I was excited to, you know, go into free agency and, and get that opportunity to pick where I wanted to go because I had never really picked where I, I wanted to end up. So um, it was tough going there just because I, I was a new guy, you know, trying to uh, meet people and get close to people. And, you know, but I, I, the, the guys on the team were awesome. The coaches are awesome. I loved everybody out there. So um, it was tough just in that way, just being new, you know, because I had never, I hadn't really experienced that in such a long time. So uh, it made it difficult because I did lose uh, G and just kind of that community I had already built and really, uh, I feel like was really attached to. And so going to a new place and trying to figure out that community, uh, like I said earlier, my, my faith was just kind of wavering in, in the beginning, but um, it was really just, I think it kind of just showed me how much community really is important and just being around people who do love you and support you because uh, the difference I felt just from not having that community then gaining that community back, I mean, it was ridiculous to, to feel how much difference I felt in that. So I think, it, I think God was working in that way to just show me, like, you need to work on all your relationships, not just the ones that are just easy because everybody is there, you know, especially just reaching out to my family, my friends, and just, you know, because I feel like, for me, people text me, and I, I'm a terrible text back and stuff like that, especially my family stuff. So it was kind of, that was another thing, like just, you know, you get a text, you get a call, like reach back out to them, you know, stay invested in them and, and tell them you're praying for them and and tell them what you need prayer for and just keep that faith, you know, going back and forth too. So uh, I think it really, honestly, now looking back on it, I think it really was a, a big benefit for me, you know, and, and kept my, my faith going strong. That's great. Now, as far as I know, we kind of got a snapshot of what it looks like week to week as an NFL player. And you guys mentioned that both the, the, the schedule is very similar as far as like prayer and chapel and stuff. Tell us about the Raiders. I know the Raiders, they're on the Raiders, you know, they're like guys, they got all these shoulder pads. They look like Legion of Doom and, you know, they're, they're like a crazy team, you know. And so for me, I want to know how, how is the faith different when you're up in Oakland with the Raiders versus how it was with the Chargers? Yeah, I was I was really close to uh, the chaplain for the Chargers, and uh, honestly, I think the the Chargers are having G there helps too, just like pushing that faith. And it's kind of a it's an important thing that you know we would pray as a receiver group after practice, and it was just little things like you went every day doing something for your faith yeah. and staying connected. And uh, with the Raiders, we you know I tried to implement implement that in, in praying after practice. And doing something just so guys were like always, you know, aware of it. Um, but I didn't. It didn't feel the same as I, it did with the Chargers and, and like faith being important to a lot of people. And I don't. It, it probably was, but it just the community of it wasn't the same. So uh, that was the thing that I tried to push with. It's just in my receiver group uh, room, you know, because I was one of the older guys in that room, which was crazy to me. Um, and so like trying to push that and just you know, because the younger guys getting straight into the league and it's exciting. You got all this money. 
you wanted to go do a bunch of stuff. You're in the Bay Area and going to San Francisco, whatever. So it was kind of an important thing for me just to still always have that prayer after practice, before the games. Like, I tried to always make sure to lead that, you know, even if I was struggling with whatever I was doing with my faith, but I still wanted to make sure that maybe this will help someone else, and it, and it ended up helping me as well. Awesome. I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but I want to ask uh, Jeremy a question. Uh, we know you experienced an injury last year, and for you that was uh, last year. Well, there was big expectation going into the season. We were all praying for you and believing for big things. It was a contract season, and, um, you know, you had a hamstring injury. Um, 2 Corinthians says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me ask you, how has your faith helped you get through the, the, the difficult trial that you faced last year, getting injured in a contract year? Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, well, one, it was a struggle. Um, I was angry at God, and I'm being authentic with you guys right now. I'm just not always so happy, so go-go with, you know, with the Lord. But I was, I was angry with him. Um, I was, like I said, my best friend left, so it was, a, it was a void to fill. And I wanted to fill that void. I wanted to be that fourth, third guy, you know, catching passes from Philip and just have this breakout year. And I was believing for it. I had goals written on my door every time I had that vision. When I walk in the door, this is what I'm going to obtain. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the Lord said no. Um, and he, he, he said a word earlier in terms of being comfortable. Um, but if you want to grow in your faith, the Lord's going to put you in uncomfortable situations. And it's like one of those things I hate speaking on because I feel like, man, if I speak on this, he's going to challenge me in it. <laughs> and, and he did. And he did. So obviously I agreed for a bit. You know, I was angry with him. But, again, it goes back to what we spoke about earlier, like still being a light. I can't be like... Jeremy loves the Lord when he's doing great on the field, but then he doesn't love the Lord when things are going wrong. So I've had to put amongst myself, like, I'm still going to obviously lead my um, Bible studies Friday. I'm going to still be at practice, and we're still going to pray after practice. Um, before games, I'm still going to lead the prayer in terms of when the guy's about to break out the tunnel. Um, and I know a lot of guys who probably, like, not as strong in their faith or not even believers – came up to me and said they were kind of impressed by that, the fact that I was still boastful my faith through injury. And again, I always mention to them, like, guys, it's, it's not me. I hate that I'm injured, but my love for the Lord, you know, goes above that. So, um, like I said, even though in the, the struggles of the injury, um, I said it's most important I have to stay alight. Because like I said, a lot of these people might not know Christ. I might be the only Bible, per se, that they might see. So I try my, faith, my best not to, like, be indifferent because if they, if they want to believe in Jesus, I have to be that light as best I can. But again, I got to let my spirit take over. I can't let my flesh because then that's when I start trying to be as a human perfect, which, you know, we're not. That's great because a lot of the time, I mean, for us who aren't pro athletes, you know, we clock in every day, we go to a job and, you know, you might have a boss that's on your back, or you might have a situation at work that's difficult to get through. And I wanted to ask him that because in the same sense of getting injured, that same faith that he just said can transfer to us in the secular world, in the world of work where, you know, some, sometimes things don't go as planned or we don't get that promotion or, you know, we didn't get that scholarship or what, whatever it is. So that, that was a great, a great answer. And I appreciate that. So we talk a lot here at Newport Church about um, how we are better together and we achieve more together. And Ephesians 4.16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Um, Tyrell, with that being said, football is a great example of being a team sport. How has God continued to grow you as a teammate? Ooh, um... Yeah, I think it goes back to kind of what G said and, and being hurt because I, I went through a, an injury this year and that was the first time I had ever missed a game in my career. So um, that was something that was like, really hard for me to, you know, keep that upbeat or keep that, that just, you know, excited to be there. You know, and I always kind of felt guilty because it, it was always a dream of mine to make it and God gave me, this, gave me this amazing life to be able to go and live my dream. And then just when a little bit of adversity came, you know, I kind of got down on myself and down the situation, and um, I'm actually really glad that it happened because it, it really made me so much stronger. It made me realize that I can't do it on my own. I gotta, I gotta rely on God. I gotta rely on my friends, my family, and 
Um, so, I mean, I think that helped me so much, and it has, I feel like it's kind of prepared me for anything that could happen as far as my career in football moving forward and know that um, I'm because I didn't start the season where I wanted to be with my faith. And so I know this year, all off season, I'm going to start next year where I want to be. So no matter what happens with the season or anything, like I'm always going to ha- still have that light like he said he had. And I want to have that. I want to be that light. I want to I want people to see like no matter what's going on, like I still have that positivity and I'm still chasing after my faith. So I want to put that first and let football just kind of take care of itself, but always you know, be chasing after a stronger faith. I love that. Jeremy, you want me to re, re yeah, ask the question? It says, uh, football being a great example of a team sport, how is God continuing to grow you as a teammate? Um, again, I just said, like I've been talking about the whole time, just being of service and just being that light. And I know it sounds repetitive, but it's, the importance of it is just so crazy. I mean, Jesus said he came uh, not to be served, but to serve. And if we're supposed to be in the image of Christ, I have to be consistent in doing those things. And like I said, within the locker room, um, I want to be literally literally genuine about little things. Like a guy might say, like, I'm praying for you, but do we really go back and pray for him? So I will hit a guy up maybe in two weeks and be like, hey, how's that situation going? And they're feeling so grateful. Like, man, like you actually remember when you said you were going to pray for it. You know, I write these things down. Um to be genuine about it. I don't want to be selfish and just praying for myself and say, I need, I need this, I need that, but praying for others. I mean, obviously, if you read the book of Job, which we went through during, I think, camp or something, of Job 42.10, talking about he got paid in double because he prayed for his friends and he was going through so much hardship. Yeah. And in the midst of going through that, you want to be selfish, like, Lord, help me out of this situation. Help me and pray for yourself, yada, yada, yada. But he prayed for his friends. And even in, um, I think, First Samuel 12, 23 says, it's a sin if I cease to pray for you. So those two um, uh, verses were abiding in my heart so much. I wanted to be consistent in terms of praying for each other and being genuine in that prayer. And it's crazy because each year as I get older and become an older guy and more veterans, I just also want to graduate my faith as well. Um, so That's fantastic. And uh, I think we've kind of heard the answer to this question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask these anyways. Um, do you look to be a spiritual leader on your team? Yeah, definitely. You know, like I, like I said, I want to be better at that. Um, and you know, I think it just starts with um, I can't remember we I can't remember if it was me and G talking in a Bible study, but it it's that um, it's not like I always thought I had to be you know a perfect Christian to you know be able to go out and be a leader of that of of Christianity. So. I was always kind of hesitant because I knew that I, I sinned just like everybody else. So I never had that confidence that, you know, I knew this about the Bible. I knew what was every, you know, every verse about the Bible and stuff. So I was always nervous to get questioned about, you know, something. So I kind of was always reserved. But, um, you know, talking to G or, or I can't remember who it was, but, uh, you know, it's just about putting yourself in that position and just let God work through you. And I feel like he's going to give you the right words to say to help you grow or to help the person that's asking you the questions grow. So it was just kind of, you know. Uh, just let go, let God, and just, you know, let him work through me and just be confident in that and have that confidence in him that he's going to put me in the best situations. That's great. And you said that you've been trying to um, start the prayer after, ser- after not service, come on, what am I thinking? After practice and after games with the receivers. Um, the second part of that question is how would you achieve being a spiritual leader on your team? I, I think you kind of answered that, but I'm going to ask you, how would you achieve that? Yeah, I think that's it, you know, and, and, uh, just being consistent, the consistency of it and not letting, uh, you know, like our Bible study that we do sometimes like some people have a Thursday night game. So they're practicing on Monday and it's almost like trying to find an excuse not to do it. But we always try to find an excuse to do it and be consistent with it because we saw how much it helped us grow. And so I think that taking that to the team is the same thing. Like no matter what, let's get this prayer after practice like you got to go catch extra balls or do whatever you got to do, but let's just get this little quick 30-second prayer. Let's just get it so we, you know, we're together doing it, and it's going to help us all grow, you know, and I think uh, just th- that consistency is the most important part and never finding a way to not do it, but always trying to find a way to do it. Oh, I love that. Jeremy, we obviously have heard um, from Tyrell that you are a spiritual leader on the team. Um, so how 
are you going to continue to do that? Let me, let me, let me ask you this way. You're going to be a free agent coming up this year. So let's say you go to a different team. How are you going to be a spiritual leader on a new team if you go? Um, again, like I said, I think it all goes back to just being organic in your faith. I don't want to be a guy who's just like pushy, pushy, pushy. You need Jesus. You're a sinner. Um, obviously, because that, that's so unattractive. And I feel like sometimes like that's what people may experience that pushes them away from Christ. So I want to be as orga- organic as I can. Um, you know, wherever I go, but first of all, I don't want to push anyone's buttons. I kind of want to get into, get to just know everybody first and just, you know, say who, what type of person they are. I don't want to just come off the bat like, you know, happy, so lucky, I'm Jesus, 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 this. Uh, I hope my actions and, and my light shows that it's like, man, something different about this guy. Oh, he loves the Lord. And then it becomes more where I can maybe take on a leadership role um, in terms of, you know, leading a Bible study and whatnot. I mean, it might be someone that someone that already does it there, but I obviously love it joining. I don't want to step on any toes, but I want to, of course, join together in growing the faith and explaining uh, the love of who Jesus Christ is. I love that. I love that. Um, Let's talk about legacy for a second. Um, Obviously, Pastor Jonathan talked about it today, and, um, you know, a lot of us locally here, you know, we're hurting, we're grieving because of the loss of uh, a tremendous athlete in Kobe Bryant. And um, I know both of you play for the Chargers. I know that Kobe has spoke directly to the Chargers numerous times. Um, first, let me ask you this. Um, how has Kobe impacted each of you as an athlete? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's freaking, it's, it's still surreal to me that this, that, it's, that it all ha- actually did happen. So, um, I mean, just as an athlete, just the competitiveness, you know, and the fearlessness that he had, you know, he wants to take every shot. He doesn't care if he misses. He doesn't care, you know, what, you know, he just has so much confidence, so much fearlessness that he wants the ball. He's going to do it. He don't care what anybody thinks about him. He's, he, he wants to win. He's going to do it at all costs. And, you know, to see someone like that is, uh, I mean, it's, I'm envious of it because, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, whether you're a professional athlete or not, you always have a little bit of fear of just taking that next step or, or wanting all the pressure on you. And he's constantly going out trying to find that pressure to put it on himself. And, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. And then the, the hardest part for me was because I know how much time I put into football and my profession. I can't imagine the hours that he put in during his career. And then, you know, to see him after uh, his career is over, and, and how much he's time he's putting into his family and his off the field or off the court stuff. Um, you know, I think that's the hardest part is just to know, you know, how much he. I would think that he he was putting into his family, and um, to see him not be able to continue that, you know, here. I mean, that's that's probably the toughest part for me is I just know the the time that he put in. So um, they they always talk about the mama mentality, but I think I think everybody tries to emulate that, but it's just you know it's impossible if you're not. You know, if you're not Kobe, and so it's just, it's just unbelievable. You know, the, just the the mindset he had and the competitiveness. So definitely envious of it. That's awesome, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, I don't want to sound cliche, but just simply like his worth ethic is what most uh, appealed to me. Because uh, honestly, hard work is how me and him like got really cool. Like he was outside doing these extra like cone drills, and I like to stay at the practice and do extra stuff too. So I started to join in on him and just doing these extra conjures just to, you know, tone in on our technique and whatnot. But that's the type of work ethic that Kobe does as an example. He shows you every time. I mean, obviously he was doing his like 3 a.m. and whatnot. You know, ours was like 2 p.m. or whatnot. But still, it's just that, it's that what are you going to do in that overtime once, you know, practice is over, you know? And I I see it also in tribute to your faith. Like, are you just going to, you know, hear this great sermon on Sunday? but then not be with Jesus Monday through Saturday. You know, the same things we, we learn in service, so that's, we also need to be practicing our faith throughout the week. And Kobe didn't just say, oh, I'm going to do this practice from 2 to 4, and then he's done. He went from 2 to 10 p.m. Might have took a nap, woke up again, 1 a.m., watched film. So just that, like you said, that mama mentality is just crazy concept just to, to emulate, but I think that's something that I, I took a piece of him from. And then I just seen this video, too, of recently um, – in terms of um, 
when he what he did against his wife at the time and that just shows his human flaw but the most thing i was impressive with when he was talking about like carrying that burden and giving it to christ and christ helping him carry that burden uh, in the cross with him and that's something huge when you, you get caught up doing something you know people want to point the finger and say you're bad you're bad you're bad but he said i'm gonna just give it to christ he knows he's the one that failed kobe knows he's the one that got let down but then to still boast about Christ and how he picked them up, I was most impressed with when Kobe said that. That's excellent. So Tyrell, knowing that the impact that Kobe had is, has been worldwide, just seeing what we're seeing, the amount of people that he impacted, the stories that are coming out, all the things that we're hearing about this man and this legacy that he left, what legacy do you want to leave as a professional athlete? Uh, I just want to be, you know, someone that always worked hard. You know, I want to be be known as someone who cared about his teammates, was there to pick his teammates up when anything went bad. But uh, it's kind of that same thing. I just want to be, you know, I, I always really prided myself on just that extra work. And, you know, I, I drop a pass in practice, I'm going to go, and I'm going to find that exact spot that I dropped it, exactly how I dropped it. I'm going to try and catch 10 before I go, and then I want to catch the opposite side just to make sure. And so I just – I guess that's that's the most important thing is I don't want anybody to say that it was just uh you know he was so talented but he just didn't he didn't do this extra da, da, da. I always want to be that I gave everything I had to the game I gave as many hours as I could and you know because it's given me so much I feel like if you cheat it you're going to be cheated so I never want to cheat the game and I just want to give it everything I have and um you know I want to be able to take care of my family I want to be able to take care of my friends I want to be you know that rock of the family and so uh that that I put on a lot of, of my legacy is just, you know, being able to, to go out there and, and be that guy who worked hard and, and did it for, not just for myself, but for my family, my teammates, and everybody else. That's great. How about you, Jeremy? What legacy do you want to leave as a professional athlete? I mean, I feel like we're, I feel like we're repeating each other, but, like, that's just saying, this is the same mentality that men have. I want, like, I want to be that same type of guy that, um, no matter what happens, like, he gave it his all every time, like, every play, every day um like i might not ever get a thousand yard season but if i had i don't know 400 yards that year he maxed out and did the best he could to get those 400 yards um and the same too that goes with my faith i want to leave Alexa like man like i said we only have this platform for so long and when he had this huge falling like he just boasted about christ as much as he could not about jeremy but about christ and who he truly is and uh, like I said, I want to abuse that, I want to max that out, and I want people to understand that, again, he's not boasting himself, but he just loves Jesus so much. I want them to understand that they know who he is. I don't want to have a relationship with somebody and they never knew who Christ was. So I always want to implement that into people's heart and then just reiterating again, just that hard work that, you know what, Jeremy always put in that overtime. And I swear before anything, like I was probably always one of the last ones to leave the building. And... It kind of makes me happy when I see younger guys try to emulate that. I had like this one undrafted rookie. He started to follow me as I started to go through this routine. And um, I'm just happy that I can at least plant that seed in at least one person, at least. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Can we give these guys just, just a big round of applause? Come on, let's thank them and Jacob. Hey, before we're done, we got a little gift for you. It's a book, Leadership Pain. I think you said it. There's no growth without pain. So we just want to just invest something to you. We just we thank you so much for your time, for sharing your heart, for sharing your faith, um, for taking time to just come and, and, and sit with us and just be real and open up about who you are be vulnerable on stage in front of a bunch of strangers so we just thank you so i'm going to turn it over to pastor john i got one quick thing if we can get everybody to pray for my man to come be a raider with me next year that's all i want <laughs> come on some raiders well i don't know about that we we don't want to lose him we love him <laughs> so we want to pray he he gets a good contract and he's able to stay come on why don't we pray for them um, would you let's let's pray for them and uh, Can everybody stand up I I just know uh, God 
I've, I've told you this before, but God honors those who honor him. And I love the fact that you put God first. And when you put God first, uh, Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all, all these things will be added to you. And I don't believe he was just talking about material things. He was talking about God's hand on your life, God's favor on your life, God opening doors of opportunity for you, God keeping you strong and healthy and, and, and giving you the capacity and the grace to be able to go through the tough times like you have. So I'm really believing God, you know, if you go, we're, we're going to be crying, but we're going to be rejoicing for you, for whatever doors God opens for you. And, uh, but we will, we're just going to keep praying for you both. And we're so, so proud of your testimony and all that you, uh, all that you shared today that for me personally, I know, and for my wife, Di, and for those that are here, very inspiring. So come on, let's stretch your hand, stretch your hand towards them and let's pray for each of them. Father, I thank you for Tyrell and I thank you for Jeremy. Thank you for the the way that they have shared their testimony and we pray Lord that you would you, that you would bless them as they've honored you Lord would may you honor them. May you give them great favor. Lord, may you enable them to do what you've gifted them to do even beyond their own human capacity because Lord they put their trust in you. And we thank you, Lord, that in the days ahead, you're going to direct their paths, that you're going to open the right doors for them, that you're going to give them great opportunities, and that you're going to give them great success, but beyond the success, great significance in all that they do. We pray for health and strength and healing. We pray that you would touch Jeremy's hamstring. Lord, as it has healed, may it continue to go from strength to strength. May you keep him from further injury. May you supernaturally cause every sinew and every part of his hamstring, every muscle there, Lord, to bind together and to heal and to strengthen in Jesus' name. We pray for Tyrell and Jeremy that you would keep them from injury and, Lord, that you would give them strength as they go forward. We thank you for them. We pray you would bless them in every area of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.